0: sometime in the future, then, you know, kind of these investors can fill the gap, right? So like you have these two approaches, like you can either rely on reputation and kind of uh, do it retrospectively, or you can rely on um, this uh, kind of combination of quadratic funding with, um, you know, tokens and investment to do it prospectively. Um, So I think uh, both of those are really interesting.
1: I love this uh, possibility to combine also, right? I mean, you could potentially have all of the elements that you described combined.
2: Mm -hmm. And uh, Noel, you you sound like you want to jump in. I was just thinking that the campaign financing kind of works a little bit like this, Um, maybe accidentally, Mm -hmm. maybe the system has just navigated to it through kind of a complex systems level intelligence. But if you look at campaign financing for when people run for office, there's a maximum limit they can get per donor, right? And so an individual can only gift a certain amount to a congressman or to a senator or a presidential candidate. And then the feds also have matching funds on top of that. So it's a combination of these schemes because by limiting the amount that any one person can give, you're sort of creating a quadratic, although it's not truly quadratic, like I, you know, someone very wealthy, I guess they could give a lot more through a, a side vehicle, but then that's less efficient because they're not allowed to coordinate with the main campaign. So there's kind of a really badly implemented version of quadratic funding with matching dollars already in existence in federal campaign financing
1: mm. that's a good point yeah uh, yeah vitalik are, what areas of, of scientific inquiry or research are on your short list of most personally interesting at the moment
0: yeah so you brought up life extension life extension is definitely really important to me um like i think in The coronavirus has um, actually even had the positive side effect of uh, kind of speeding this along in some ways, but there's a lot of extremely promising things happening in uh, biotech. I think there's a very significant chance that like where we're standing today is basically is for biotech the equivalent of where computers were in 1950, right? And so if you imagine, you know, the difference between the ENIAC and, um, you know, like, a modern uh, kind of laptop or a smartphone that's the difference that we're going to see between the biotech of a 2020 and uh, the biotech of 2090 and so if right now we can already come up with uh, vaccines for a virus uh, well a-, a year for deployment to start but really the whole the whole thing actually happens much faster and uh you know most of the delay can be blamed on like bioconservatism but that's in you know, a whole other discussion if you go from even there and then uh, you know add 70 years of progress to that like it's you know, it's very easy to see just even the process of aging turning into something that just becomes reversible and it being a regular thing for people to live um you know one and a half uh, two centuries and then um go even further from there there's a, just a huge uh, kind of nice uh, humanitarian outcome that can come from that you know basically like the concept of. Uh, your grandmother dying is just going to kind of slowly leave the public consciousness the same way that the concept of uh, getting lost in a city um, slowly left the public consciousness over the last 25 years as we got better cell phones. And, and I mean, I